Um, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I, I, I don't want to get into like Shaq interviewing Joe Ingles territory because uh, that's embarrassing. So. Oh, what's up, folks? It's uh, it's the end of the year. It's 2021 is coming to the end. It's the 2020, uh, 2021 finishing edition of Hitting the High Notes. It is I, I am here. You can find me on the Twitterverse at Jazz High Notes. That's at Jazz High Notes on the Twitterverse. Um, and we're finishing the year with a bang. Um, uh, maybe like what the Jazz are doing. Who knows? Uh, we're here with um, uh, the, he's the master of um, pitching tents. He has a whole um, uh, uh, segment at um, AlphaCon for it. It is a uh, uh, Mr. Go the Distance 49 himself, I'm uh, Jared Barker. Man, I didn't even bother looking up what that means because I know you and Logan, like, yeah, that, that it must mean something really dirty and nasty. So. Pitching tents? Uh, yeah. Pitching tents is um, uh, it's a, it's a boner, man. It's a boner joke. Oh, okay. That's oh, it's not as violent as I was hoping. No, When you pitch a tent in your shorts, um, or when you, like, when you have a boner in I your get, shorts, gotcha, it looks gotcha. like a tent, yes. Uh, that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Boy Scouts can camp under there. So, um, uh, we are finishing it. Um, uh, before we start with the, we're getting down with the sickness. Um, uh, Jay Bark over here um, uh, saw some tweets. Um, uh, sounds like you're, you're, you're not having a good time. No, I, I think I, I think I got COVID, man. I'm in isolation right now. It's, Interesting. You think you got COVID. at least some uh, at least some vaccinated. I wanted to get boosted this week, but uh, I'm pretty sure I caught COVID like before my boosting appointment, so I couldn't get boosted. I uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we have to get uh, back to life as normal as as, as they say. So, you know, you can't yeah. you can't avoid the orgies forever. Um, so you're feeling like, as I I saw you like you lost your, your sense of smell. Um, uh, well, it's, it's like, I'd say it's at like 50%. It kind of depends. Uh, it's not, it's definitely not a hundred percent what it, what it usually is. So, uh, but it definitely does seem weakened and, you know, anyways, I mean, I'm sure people don't care about hearing about I mean, that. I mean, Hey, that, that's our new normal. We got We got to hear um, what's happening. I mean, obviously I was like out for three weeks when I got it. Um, yeah, but you were so, unvaxxed, weren't you? I, I, uh, I was part of the unvaxxed uh, masses there. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. U- so. Utran, can, your conspiracy theorist X got to you, man, like, or whatever you want to call her. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of reasons. Um, uh, you know, microchips and everything, and Bill Gates, uh, lizard people. So, um, and COVID, and here we are. I mean, COVID is um, running rapid through the sports right now. So, uh, oh, the Omicron, um, I, which I believe they're using the right symbol for uh, the Omicron. So. Um, that, that's at least a plus there. Uh, we do have a guest. Um, uh, if, if you're here for the last, folks, um, if you're here for jokes, um, uh, we're not going to have any of that today. So you go ahead and just go ahead and um, hit the stop button right now. Dragon Squatch isn't here. In his spot, we have uh, his name is Daniel. Um, we're, I'm meeting him for the first time over the mic here. Um, Daniel, um, uh, what, is, what is your Twitter handle, Daniel? So yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, new account, long story, long story how that happened. But uh, the new one is B Water, my friend, and uh, the E E in B is a three. So uh, take that as you will. You probably find me somehow. Um, but yeah, boys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm a, you're, he's you're... a pretty active Twitter user. Uh, you guys might know him by his. Uh, uh, he goes by Joku uh, typically online. Um, but he's a he's, he's a Warriors fan and. 
I don't know. We got to talk. We had some interesting basketball chats, and I figured it'd be a great way to preview the uh, the coming uh, Jazz Warriors matchup. Yeah. So he's um, he's calling uh, us. Um, uh, so it's it's eleven forty p.m. Mountain Time uh, as we start recording this. But you're not Mountain Mountain Time. You are across the world, apparently. So I'm in I'm in Australia, so just in Adelaide here. So it's uh, right now. It's quarter past five, and that's uh, five p.m. on uh, New Year's Eve. So oh. all day ahead of you. It's, uh, you know, man, he is he is in the home of Joe Ingles, man. Joe's hometown, uh, uh, hometown hero. As we uh, are you really are you really in? Uh, where, where is Joe's hometown? What is it? Um, I know he talks about it all the time, and I can't remember. Adelaide, bro. Adelaide, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Adelaide thirty sixers, man, yeah. for life. Um, that's it. You got it. Yeah, so we um uh, you know uh, I, thank you for um, uh, joining us from across the world here. I mean, yeah, don't tell me what happens in the future. I like to I like to be surprised. So no spoilers about the new year. Um, but um, happy New Year's to you, to you, um, mate, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, we're gonna get into some basketball talk. So we got some jazz talk. We got some Warriors talk. Uh, the Jazz will face when this airs. Uh, when we when I upload it, the Jazz are gonna face another depleted uh, Wolves team. Um, Seems like very little people care about that game, so we don't care about that game either. Um, another perfect game for the Jazz to to lose. I, I saw Riley post that he assumed the Jazz were going to win this game. Big assumption, but you know. Hey. You, you know what's hilarious is that he's wrong because the Warriors didn't play a game because it got postponed. <laughs> because oh. the Nuggets, because the Nuggets were messing around with them and they had four injured players and they decided, oh, you know, we're gonna make you hang on until the last second and then just say, no, these guys are out. So you travel all this way for nothing. It's like, why couldn't you tell them that before they took the flight or something? Like, uh, that that was very suspicious from the Nuggets. So any Nuggets fans out there, man. What more can I say, boys? I mean, four players listed as questionable. Vegas has got that as usually a 90% chance that they play, and all four didn't play. So, yeah, something suspicious is going on there. No wonder Draymond Green and Clay Thompson have been angry. But that's all right. We move on. <laughs> and that's like a, the the gamesmanship, I guess, right? Um, uh, to keep those guys as long as possible on the, eye, the, the injured report. And, I mean, I, the Nuggets are going through a lot of um, – uh, COVID right now with uh, with their team anyway, and you know maybe they just were like, oh yeah, these guys are quote unquote too injured to play. I don't know. I I I've been not right. even just that they've got they've got Jamal Murray who's obviously oh, yeah. still recovering from the the what is it the MCL ACL. Uh, then you've got the uh, you know uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I mean I should say Michael Porter. I can't remember. I had an interesting pun there with back involved somehow. Um, Michael Backer Jr. Wait. Yeah, no, there you it. go. Um, so, yeah, so the Jazz will play the Warriors. So, I mean, another back-to-back for the Jazz. Mike Conley is sitting the the first of the back-to-back because uh, the Jazz assumed they should be able to beat this, uh, this uh, Wolves. But, I mean, the last time the Wolves came in here, Malik Beasley scored like 80 points on the Jazz. So, who knows? Uh, you know, without, without Cat, without D'Angelo, without – I mean, the Jazz still have not been able to – you know, it was funny because I, I think the last time we recorded, the Jazz had just come off the four-game road winning streak, and I was like, "Oh, feels pretty good. Things are going really well." And the Jazz come home for a six-game homestand. They went four out of four out of six. That's not bad, but man, like the games that they won, they didn't feel very good. The games that they lost felt awful. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it just feels weird to. 
you know, win four four out of six and then not feel as good as I did two weeks ago about the Jazz. So, but um, uh, Daniel, so you're, you're the guest here. You're you, um, uh, Jared, Jared. Before we we started going on, um, uh, Jared um, had asked a question during the mic check, and uh, I'm gonna have Jared ask it again. Okay. Hey. Uh, so Daniel, you've been a Warriors fan. You said it's been you know it's been a while. You've been following the team for a while. Why don't you give us a little bit of your you know your sports history, how you became a fan? Because I know in Australia basketball is not, not necessarily huge. I mean, you're in the you're in the land of Australian rules football and, and rugby. I guess in Australia, footy and rugby are the two, I'd say, most common sports on the East Coast and the West Coast. I guess in terms of basketball, um, we're a pretty active country, so we kind of always kind of get into just a little bit of every sport. So I guess it started in school. Um, Pretty much every school has, like, a basketball court, and, you know, sometimes we sort of follow a little bit, but I guess back in my probably first exposure to, I guess, NBA was probably 2009, the We Believe Warriors. Uh, oh, no, sorry, 2007 that was. Yeah, 2007, so that We Believe team, which was pretty cool. But I didn't, get really, I didn't get a chance to watch too much basketball for a few years then, mostly because, I guess, A, you have to pay a fair bit of money at that time to watch it. And also, I guess, just with technology, hadn't updated that much and we couldn't really stream it that well. So fast forward to about 2010, 2011, that's where I sort of started getting to it a little bit more regularly. Um, and then, yeah, sort of just loved it ever since. And it's been a crazy ride, as you guys would have seen in the last 10 years. So, yeah, that brings us to today, I suppose. Nice. All right. Well, so, uh, as long as you're so not... in other words, he was a Warriors fan before it was cool. Who? I was going to say, so as, as long, as, I was about to say, um, uh, as long as he's not a Laker fan as well. So, um, uh, you know, if he's just Warriors, <laughs> oh, right. I, I'm cool with that. So, uh, the joke here is that um, uh, basically, if you live in Southern California, Whichever of the Southern California teams is doing well is, is, is who they who, who they jump on the bandwagon for. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it, actually, it's a very true phenomenon. I used to live in Sacramento, and you're surrounded by so American football is king over here. Obviously, um, the NFL you know it dominates everything. But so so typically before the Raiders moved, you had I mean you still have Raiders fans that are you know in Oakland and whatnot. But I was surrounded by. Raiders fans and 49ers fans. And there, legitimately, there was kids that would come to school when the 49ers were good in Niners gear. And the next year, if the Raiders are doing well, oh, Raiders are going to the Super Bowl in 2002. All oh, those kids had all the Raiders gear. And it's just, so it's a very, it's a very real phenomenon. Like the bandwagon <laughs> was personified in, in my formative years. In the, <laughs> That's true. I, I do get that. I do get that. I guess it's like, I feel like, I mean, Lakers, Warriors, too, just massive fan bases. But, yeah, there's always that bandwagon element, I guess, you know, in any sport. I actually got a cool fact for you guys. It's actually – it might surprise you, but as far as, like, what teams are popular here, Utah Jazz, they actually bat above their weight. So I've actually got a few mates that uh, do support Utah Jazz. Um, shout out to Kosh, Kosh underscore Corn on Twitter. Um Big Utah fan from Adelaide, man. That, oh, yeah. that, that makes hey, sense to me. I, I, I would say the like um, uh, the you know for me, my guess would be the popular teams in Australia are the Jazz. It used to be the Sixers. Um, who else? Um, uh, whoever Patty Mills or uh, the Spurs for a while, I bet. Um, uh, yeah, because you know Pat, Patty Mills. Is, is, I mean, because it makes sense. Joe Ingles played for the Jazz, and that that helps get some of those international fans to be like, oh, okay, that's the team that we like. Paddy Mills got to be like the OG, right? I mean, he's one of the first breakthrough Australian guys. Like, 
especially in that 2014 championship for the Spurs, yeah. it was oh. ma- it was absolutely massive here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was he was incredible. Like, uh, and he's having a nice year, quietly having a nice year for the for the Nets too. So, I mean, you know, yeah. props to Patty. He jumped on that bandwagon. We had a lot, a lot of new Nets fans um, in Australia, uh, and I, I, I do know this because um, uh, I, uh, the one Australian I know uh, on Twitter um, uh, at um, uh, underscore Falkor the Great. That's F A L K O R the Great. We followed each other years ago, just talking basketball. I think he's a Heat fan, and we just kind of got uh, talking to each other. But um, I even asked him earlier this uh, this year. I was like, I say, like, who's who, who right now is the um, uh, and Daniel? I want to ask this to you then. Who who right now is the most popular Australian basketball player? Um, like purely Australian, like the Ingles, the Mills, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah from Australia. Yeah. yeah. Figured that. Yeah, I, I would. I'd have to say Paddy Mills. Say Paddy Mills is probably the most popular, right. um, just because I guess he's had such a longevity and very successful over his career. Um, he's just well respected in the public eye as well. So I'd say Paddy Mills. Plus the Olympics, right? The the Olympics is happening there. This as well, yeah, because he's been one of the biggest, like, I guess, leaders in the Olympic team as well. So yeah, yeah I'd say Paddy. How, how big did Ben Simmons get, like, um, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, like, like when he first joined the NBA? Oh, I asked my friend Tom Reed this. He, I think, he lives in New York now, but he's he's an Australian guy. He's been a basketball hoop head for a long time. He said that the the Ben's nickname is the Yank and you can confirm Daniel. That, right? I have heard I have heard a little bit of that. So I guess Simmons is is very polarizing. He's probably the most polarizing player as you probably expect. It's almost hard to gauge how popular he is among Australian fans because for every fan that loves him and someone else that hates him. Personally I'm I'm more of a fan of him. I think he gets a bad name at times, like a bit of a bad rap sort of some of the stuff that I guess goes on. Um, but, um, you know, like he kind of gets called diva and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, his current situation is is pretty complex. Um, I guess he's gone through a lot. Um, you read between the lines. Um, clearly, he was at fault a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's pretty polarizing. But, yeah, yeah he, he's also pretty popular. Wait, are you Makes telling sense. me Ben Simmons is polarizing? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, uh, well, sure, yeah. we, we can't we can't talk about we we we've talked a minute and a half about Ben Simmons and we can't do that because people will tune out because it's a Utah Jazz podcast and um, <laughs> not on the Jazz pod, eh? Yeah, if we talk about you, Ben Simmons, you know it's funny. <laughs> now that we started bringing out you know different people who just you love basketball that are Australian on 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 Jazz Twitter and NBA Twitter at large, like I got to shout out my my guy at Texas underscore AU. He's he's a pretty he's a legend among uh, among the jazz Twitter faithful. He's just he's been there forever. And then uh, I think the other other guy's name is Jomu. One second. Oh, while you look that up, um, I will ask. So like, um, uh, you you said you said the 2007 Warriors were hard for you to watch, Daniel. Uh, but now we're here in two, tw- 2000, almost 22. Um, and um, it's a little bit easier. I mean, the internet box scores. You know, streaming. So you're able to keep up with the Warriors. Um, uh, they're, they're having a obviously a great year. Uh, Steph Curry looks like he's back to form. Clay Thompson's coming back sometime this year. Uh, I'll be honest; I have not watched one Warriors game this year, um, and I, I'm pretty sure James Wiseman's still out. What has been so different this year than the last couple of years for the Warriors? I've been managed. I've managed to be able to watch most of their games. So the games are usually about twelve to to two o'clock here in Adelaide time. Um, nonetheless, from my point of view. 
the biggest difference from this year and um, in comparison to last year is just the players around Steph and Draymond, man. We've just got a lot of guys that are more high IQ, guys that are more willing to pass the ball, fit curve system, and they just fit perfectly around Steph and Draymond and just enhance everything. I mean, last year we had guys like Brad Wanamaker, Kelly Oubre Jr., um, and even when Wiseman, as a rookie, we threw him into the deep end and we were just asking too much of those guys. We were asking them to, to set such a high standard. And let's face it, it's not easy playing within Kerr's system. You have to have some high IQ about you. And those guys just didn't have that. And I guess this year, we've just got guys that fit the system way more. Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa, just been great. And and you brought um, uh, Igudala back. So that, 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 that solves everything. Yeah, we're bringing everything back. That, that's, so, that's, yeah, that's a... He's, he's that's that's a that's a finals MVP that's in, in rotation there, so Yeah, exactly, yeah. So um he's been great just to have back. I just reckon he's even just as a locker room presence, guys, he's just so valuable. Um, so switched on, just keeps the boys on their toes and I think that's just really, really helpful in sort of just playing spot minutes. I mean he's had issues with his knees at times, so he hasn't been able to play a huge amount, but such a valuable addition. I know I yeah, mean, great, I great mean man. He, Young guys like Moody and Kaminga. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. the, he's the same age. Uh, is the same age as like Rudy Gay. Like I think they're both sixty. Um, uh, AR, AARP league. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, so before the year, Jared uh, and um, our, our other host uh, Logan Dragon Squatch here, they were really high. He they were really high on the Lakers. I was uh, a, a little trepidatious because um, I, I, I and I said this for years. Like Curry's great. Draymond Green's great, but. I think um, what really made those those championship teams, as even with Durant there, was that they had such a great supporting cast. They had a whole bunch of guys that were you know taking minimum contracts that you know would be you know sixth seventh men coming off the bench for um, a lot of other teams. But they went to the Warriors and played Livingston, these, um, these, yeah, Legend, Arbosa, Livingston, Bogut, um, uh, uh, David West. You know these guys were what's, um, what's taking the roles. legendary guy's name with the mole on his head? Maurice Spates. Yeah, Outer Spates. Spates. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. No so buckets. now. So now this is the first time the Jazz the Jazz have had a, a weird schedule. I mean, just games and, and you know, for, as a Jazz fan this year, and I felt it a lot. And I, and I feel like, you know, just basing it off Jazz Twitter, I feel like um, the Jazz have not had uh, you know real competition yet, and that's about to change. You know, January is about to hit. You know, and the Warriors are are like the first. Like the, this is the first meeting the Jazz have played with the Warriors. The Jazz will have played three times with the Wolves already, the, the Timberwolves. So, um, you know, Jared, I'm a, you know, preview the game for us here. Well, um, I mean, this is the murderer's row, right? This is Deathuary 2.0. So I would say, I mean, of the Warriors ball that I've been able to watch this year, that signature ball movement is back. Um, Steph had that weird sort of shooting slump where he wasn't playing like Steph Curry as much, and he was really just going for the record, it felt like at times. But that didn't even matter. That didn't really phase the Warriors. They just kept chugging along and winning. Um, you know, they, they lost a couple games here and there, but for the most part, they've, you know, they've been really strong and they, they compete in every game they they play in. And even missing a, a bunch of guys, uh, the last game they, they played was against the Nuggets. We kind of mentioned the, the gamesmanship because they were playing that, uh, that baseball series where they played the Nuggets and then the Nuggets again. Um, and the Nuggets, you know, bowed out on the second night. Um, but that first game, the Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets were killing them, 
in the first half, but the Warriors have no quit and they clawed all the way back to within three and almost, you know, almost won that game. Um, Daniel, so from your point of view, I mean, you probably don't watch a lot of other NBA games because they I mean, they do come on, you know, again, 2 a.m. Uh, unless you're just a, a basketball freak, you know. Um, but uh, what do you like? I mean, you saw the Jazz last year, you probably saw playoffs. You saw there you saw something of the Jazz last year. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Jazz this year? Um, it's it's pretty evident that their offense is, is quite potent and quite strong, at least on a regular season sort of level. Um, I think the recruitment of Rudy Gay has been just sensational for them. He just gives them a bit of a point of difference, almost just that level of toughness that they do need. Um, defensively this year, you've always got Gobert in there. Obviously, he's going to protect the paint, um, and that's pretty important, particularly in the regular season. Um, we have seen them... Um, I guess the perimeter defense is probably their weakness um, right now. Um, overall, I think they're looking to be a really strong regular season team. But for me, I'm just more so waiting for them to play in the playoffs um, because I think that's where it counts and that's where they've fallen down in, you know, I guess years gone by. So I've sort of seen enough of them to know they're going to be a real good regular season team. But come the playoffs is going to be the big question. And I think it's going to come down to matchups home court health and a little bit of luck. Uh, I think they can get there. They're a genuine contender, but I guess that's what makes it fascinating is how this West is going to play out. Yeah, you're still there. We can hear you. Can you hear us? Uh, Yeah, my mic wasn't working for a minute, but um, anyway... um, that's yeah, uh, you know, pretty spot on. You know, I, I, a lot of jazz fans feel the same way. You know, regular season, we're all just kind of like, oh boy, we want to see opposite the play, and we want to see how the Jazz fare against the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Suns. Like these are people. Um, so obviously, the Warriors are one of the top teams in the West. Uh, if you had to pick right now, like who do you think the top four teams in the West? You know, who who are going to be those four teams trying to? Am I getting to the Western Conference Finals, Daniel? the top three, um, they all stand out. The Warriors, the Suns, and the Jazz. As for that fourth team, I'm going to back Memphis right now. Um, I think Memphis are the big one that can upset uh, one of us three, uh, those three teams. Um, they're just so good. Um, Jar's just so deadly. The way he gets to the rim is just incredible. And what I respect the most about Jar Moran is just his attitude, man. Like, even if they lose and even if he's played, like, a brilliant game, 40-point game, whatever – He's always putting the responsibility on himself, and he's like, "That's my fault. That's my fault." But um, so his mentality is just killer, and that's pretty scary. So I'm going to say they're the final four standing um, in the West, vying for that final that Western Conference sort of spot. Yeah, yeah, they're the they're like the surprise team. I mean, Bain took that next step, and he's the envy of all of uh, pretty much every team that passed on him. <laughs> and that'd be all thirty teams, uh, yeah. even the Celtics. The Celtics traded away that pick, so. Um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, for, you know, uh, for, um, uh, how trepidatious I was about the, the Warriors in the, in the off season, I was, uh, pretty high on the, on the Grizzlies and, um, looks like they, yeah, they, they probably will win that. Well, I mean, it's, it's very early, but I still had them winning, uh, that division. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, I've heard from, um, uh, two Memphis fans that, um, uh, they are worse off when John Morant plays. So who knows? 
yeah, honestly, I feel like that's 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 the segment of jazz Twitter that you ignore, right? That's the that's the Grizzlies Twitter that you ignore. Yeah, I mean, just same way. So it's one of those things that like national media will blow it up, but it happens. It happens to all these small market teams. Like, oh, as soon as some bad news happens, right? You know, John Morant loses his first game back, and two fans are being dumb. And uh, yeah, then that, that's for the national. You know, that, that's when you get the bad press. That's, but that's how you know when you're good. So. Uh, congrats to, uh, to Memphis. They, they, you know, again, Memphis seems to be like the second favorite Jazz t- uh, team besides the Jazz that the, the fans have here. Um, yeah, so it feels yeah, so, like Jaws trying to put somebody on a poster every game now. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, uh, so we got we got this New Year's Eve, no, New Year's Day game coming up. So that's going to be um, pretty interesting. Um, uh, and it'll be also the same day as the the Rose Bowl for the youth. So let's see, let's see who gets some uh, any airtime on TV here. Um, Jared is, um, uh, you know, he's, he's flashing this, uh, this, uh, sh- uh, Utah, uh, sweater here on the video. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk. So, you know, you know, we have the Australian here. We have an Australian on the team. Um, Jared loves to talk about Joe Ingles. Um, and he's, he's, uh, he has actually, he's, he's been salivating all day just for, just so we can talk about Joe Ingles. So. Uh, do do you want to talk about Joe first, or do you want to talk about uh, the Danny Ainge thing that I I, I told you I had marinating? You should. You, you, what is, this is. I mean, I, I, I'm, choice, I'm huh? muting my mic right now, so. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I will admit I've been I've been I've been going going in hard against Joe Ingles for a few weeks now, and it feels like Twitter, Jazz Twitter, has shifted and they're on my side, and they're like. <laughs> it's weird because I feel like I was one of the few that was willing to cook him, and now it's like everybody wants to cook him. Uh, well, not, not everybody, just just a larger contingent than before. Um, but let's see. Let me see where I want to start this rant. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, this is just just some observations I had while I was watching the game. Um, and. I, and this isn't, I, I'm not calling out Dan Clayton or anything, so I don't, it's, anyways, he, he's somebody that brought up the, the It sounds the, like you're calling it out, or, so. Well, the, <laughs> it sounds like I'm not going to tag I'm gonna, him I'm gonna cl- because I don't right want here. him to feel called out. Because right. there's, I mean, he here we go. Jared, the one that pointed out. Plus this 20, is a, Jared calling out, Jared calling out Dan Clayton, Clayton, Clayton rate, uh, rant Clayton? right now. <laughs> yeah, apparently we're going to, we're going to duke it out in Sandy or something. I don't know. Um. Anyways, so uh, so I, I sent this in the group text to Logan and who I was like, team run it back has too many influential voices. Shake my head. <laughs> and then Joe is plus 20 in this game, so it's fine. You know, even though Joe was awful in transition and then Andy Larson tweeted that that the the teams were plus 19.6 in transition when Joe Ingles was on the floor. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, people are making observations like, "Oh, Quinn blocked a Joe trade." It was obviously correct because team run it back is 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 everything. You can't trade any of our guys because they're our guys, and it's just like, yeah. But if if this guy is pretty much unplayable in the playoffs, why are you blocking Justin Zanuck from trading him for somebody who would probably be more serviceable for this team? Just my personal opinion, because you know, Spence Checkets goes on the radio today. And he talks to uh, was it Tim Mc, Tim McMahon? Uh, okay, was it ESPN? One of the one of the, anyways. So reportedly, Zanuck has a deal in place to ship Joe Ingles, which we heard basically we heard the aftermath after the thing falls through, right? 
it sounds like Moody's name was mentioned, Joe Ingalls' name was mentioned. Who knows what other moving parts or, you know, dollars would have been, you know, is filler, trade filler, because you have to you have to construct a trade with specific dollar amounts in mind. Who knows what else is in there? So that deal for Pascal was probably a little bit bigger. Or Pascal, I, I can't remember how you pronounce his last name right now because I'm just in the middle of rant. Eric Pascal. <laughs> Anyways, um, so since the leak last summer, I mean, I, I mean, I guess that leak was credible, you know. And Quinn blocking a Joe trade shows me that that's why he was so upset about uh, people talking about running it back because he didn't want to be captain run it back, even though he is because he blocked the Joe Ingles trade. Um, and honestly, I, can we even really say that Quinn is a developmental coach anymore if he's not willing to coach young guys? He only wants veterans. He's acting like Ty Corbin. Um, veterans, you know, veteran fetish, only play veterans. I, I don't know. I'm struggling with this because jazz fans loved to roast Ty Corbin about that, but nobody likes Quinn. Well, not nobody, but it's very unpopular to question Quinn Snyder and his infinite wisdom. I mean, he's a good coach. Does that mean he's infallible? No, I think it very much does not. And that's starting to look like to me, say going into the Danny, Danny Ainge bit, I was going to say Danny Dange, but yeah, that was weird. <laughs> um, so, I mean, segueing into the Danny Ainge bit, maybe that's why you need a counterbalance. Another voice in the room, well-respected in league circles, has a championship on his resume as both a player and a coach, probably multiple as a player, actually. I just don't remember how many of those Celtics titles he was a part of. Um, because, you know, those happened back when the Cold War was still a thing. <laughs> um, so... Maybe that's that provides a bigger counterbalance because you don't just want Quinn to be able to block any trade or whatever. So you need a big voice in the room like Danny Ainge to, you know, then there's a three people making decisions. Maybe a fourth if you bring in Ryan to make, you know, a final call. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess there's that's all of it on the table. Also. I mean, I have a sort of a continuation of that Jenny, Danny Ainge tangent, but that also relates back to Joe Ingles. It's the plus minus fetish, plus 20, because he's playing with Mike Conley and and Rudy Gobert. I mean, individual Danny Ainge specifically calls out in like 2017, there's a whole piece on individual player plus minus is garbage and it's not useful. There's stuff that there's stuff like real plus minus, which tries to filter out more noise. I don't think that's a direct quote from him, but you know there there are other stats, more advanced stats that try, try to give you more information. I think straight up plus minus is a garbage stat, and Danny Ainge is 100 percent right about that. Yeah, and I think the uh, I think done. the Jazz are the worst team because they use plus minus. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use a, a line from Spider-Man: No Way Home. I'm, uh, you didn't rehearse that, did you? No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, so I'm, uh, you know the Joe Ingles stuff has gotten a lot of traction uh, recently because I'm, uh, you know, I I, I want to say that I heard Zach Lowe say that you know obviously he's lost a step, but I think the the death of Joe Ingles, which um, a lot of people are piling on, is a little overstated. Um, we we, we kind of knew that this was gonna happen. We we've been talking about it for years. Um, that Joe Ingles, um, uh, you know, he's an older player. He started as an older player. Um, so, I mean, I'm not, like, super surprised that we, um, uh, 
you know, that Joe Ingles um, uh, is looking older. Um, but I still think he's serviceable. Now, the problem is we, we don't talk about – Daniel, this is – you're new here, so I'm, I'll, I'll let you know a little secret. We don't talk about Joe Ingles trades here a lot because it's actually pretty easy um, for me to have not have that conversation because I know that Jared has been – especially this year, has been really on the, on the you know, get rid of Joe Ingles for, for anything trade, uh, which doesn't really – He's got some value. Out. Honestly, he's got some value. That's why mm-hmm. – I mean, so <laughs> – I, oh, he's oh. a ball handler and he can shoot the three. I mean, t- tell me that the Lakers wouldn't wouldn't enjoy having that on their team. They need uh, well, spacing. Yeah, okay. They need well, somebody who well, can well, handle well, the now, ball. Well, now he has value when um uh, when you're not roasting him. So, um, but um uh, when when um uh, Logan and Jared are, are I don't know Logan. I know that Jared you know said today he would trade for a ham sandwich. So. Um, uh, you know, so no, that, Logan's hesitating to bury Joe. Remember, he's like standing over the grave and he's not sure he should help or if he should stop me. Yeah, like, but um, I'm uh, the one that's like, yeah, like, like him. Uh, and that's the things that to me that Joe by himself, because I mean, you're not you're not completely wrong. I mean, again, he's lost a step. Is he is he worth the ham sandwich? No, I think I, there there's, but for me, when when I talk about trades. Number one, I don't want to trade someone who's slumping or whose value is depressed. I want to trade someone who um, uh, has the, the, their value. This is like the NFT talk, stock talk. You want to trade someone at the peak of their value. Uh, honestly, um, I think I think that ship has sailed because yeah. it, the uh, value probably would have been higher if we had shipped him in the summer like Sanic wanted to. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I mean uh, that, that's the other thing I got from Rand is that, boy, Poor Dustin Zanuck, he has no power in this organization now. It goes, it goes. What Smith, um, uh, Smith, um, uh, Ainge, and and Quinn all all above him. So, yeah, um, exactly right. He's hamstrung yet again. So, but um, maybe, uh, hey, maybe Ainge becomes an ally of his, and then he's able to get more done. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, so Daniel, um, let's get your opinion real, real quick on the, um, uh, this rumored trade that um, uh, um, so to recap what happened for the Warriors in the offseason, they obviously had to. They cleaned house a lot. They they went and got rid of a lot of guys. They you know you, you mentioned Wanamaker, Ubre, um, uh, guys that didn't really help them win last year. Uh, replaced them with um, uh, honestly uh, a lot of guys that you know Belicia had no minutes last year. Uh, Gary Payton Jr. I believe was a was a G leaguer. Um, you know a, a former Salt Lake City Bruin. Um, and then they they also had two um, lottery picks um, uh, that they. <sighs> For for me and you're you're the Warriors fans, Daniel. So you tell me. For me, the Warriors were like, "Oh, we have these lottery picks, but man, we'd rather like trade those lottery picks to get something of of a more well known commodity." And up until the draft, they couldn't get a deal done for somebody, so they they kind of took you know two two high upside guys. Um, you know, when you got Steph, you got Clay, you got Draymond, all in that prime, you want to take the most of that opportunity. And then when you get two lottery picks. And you had potentially the Kelly Oubre contract that you could use as a, as you know, a part of that deal to get the money work. You naturally want someone or a couple of players that can kind of fill that role straight away. And you're right, Joe Ingles' name did come up in that, um, particularly with that pick 14, which ended up being Moses Moody. You look at Joe Ingles, I suppose, and from a Warrior point of view, um, offensively he fits great. We lack a ball. I like a secondary ball handler playmaker off the bench. He's exactly that. He spaces the floor, which is really good next to Steph. He doesn't hunt shots. Again, really good. I think he'd fit the system offensively. And I think traditionally defensively, he would have been 
pretty good. Obviously, this year it's, it's slowed off the mark. You know, perhaps he's lost a step. You know, um, whatever. I guess that was sort of the debate around whether or not they should be giving up pick fourteen. You know, for Ingles plus that salary. Um, and um, yeah, I got no. It's um, it was definitely an interesting one because I know that at times I was like all for it. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take that. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, you know, he's 33, 34. You know, that drop off could come pretty quick. And pick 14, like, that's a, that's a pretty solid pick. You can get some solid players in that. So, um, yeah, it was certainly a debate. Um, uh, so, how do you feel about, you know, Moody and um, uh, Kuminga now that you have them? I'm uh, like, would you want to use those guys as tra- as trade? Because I think um, uh, they can be traded pretty soon. Could could you use those guys as trade bait? Um, I, I don't know if you have the salary anymore, but I mean, if, there, if there's a way to get, maybe not Joe Ingles, but a Joe Ingles type player, would would you be willing to part with that? Um, as far as Camille goes, um, I personally would only give him up if I'm literally getting a top eight player in the league. Like, there's wow. not many players I'd actually give up Ooh. for him. Kaminga's um, untouchable. How, I just think that's how good his upside upside is, unless it's a, it's a move that can absolutely put them over the top. I'm talking someone that can, you know, at least close um, against the Utahs, the Phoenixes, the Bro- Brooklyns, etc. Jeremy so Grant. So, I think Kaminga... Jeremy Grant. I just don't think I would um, oh, wow. give up Kaminga for that. Um yeah, I know it's just a tough one. I just think in a, few, I just think a, we're already really good right now, and a big part of that is we probably have to give up Wiggins to make that salary work. And Wiggins has just been sensational this year, just low key, um, defensively and offensively. So I know. what, I don't what, what world do we live in right now? He's getting all star buzz, man. Yeah, this, is, this is this is a crazy world that we live in. Um, uh, COVID and Andrew Wiggins um, uh, being being um, uh, being good. Shout out to uh, two-way wigs is what is what we call him. Um, <laughs> no, um, he's he's legitimately playing really well just in his own float. Um, every night he's competing defensively. Um, he's he's taking the best play on the other team a lot of nights. He's taking a fair bit of defensive heat. Just that on ball um, length. He's really, really, really improved on that aspect, which has been incredible. And um, offensively, he's he's pretty good. I think he's averaging what fifteen, uh, sorry, eighteen points. Decent efficiency. Um, he just stays within the flow. He doesn't ISO that much as what you think he might. He doesn't. He doesn't go rogue. He just plays within the system. So he's really, really good. And I just don't think giving him and Kaminga up for someone like Jeremy Grant, even though he's a great player in himself, is worth it at this point. Um, wow. he's a huge upgrade. Moody, on the other hand, um, clearly that's. I mean, they're both long-term, I guess, development players. Uh, I would consider giving up Moody for something. Um, but again, the issue there becomes how do you find that salary? You'd have to give something up. Yeah. Like I a mean, Kevin Looney or, or even, again, a Wiggins. Uh, yeah. And even even Looney, like, you be kind of, he's a bit of a meme, but he is pretty effective as well. So I think for the right deal, Moody and Looney probably would give, you know, I probably would go for a player. Um, who that is, it's hard to say. But um, yeah. Um, it's two players, pretty decent upside, particularly Camino. I think Moody will eventually find his way, and I think he's going to be a good player for a fair time. And Joe Ingles is probably a fair comparison to him, in all honesty, as a player. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
And that's, I mean, Kaminga is uh, now untouchable. Um, uh, that's, I mean, a top eight player. I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's crazy. Like, again, I, I haven't watched a lot of Kaminga. I know that he was, you know, he's a mid lottery draft pick, which I'm not in love with, but um, uh, he must be playing really well. Um, so, um, yeah, man, he's just, he's just so raw. Um, he's just got this factor about him. You just watch him. He's, he's in the top 0.1%, like just the top 0.1% for like athleticism he's crazy athletic and he's got just just very confident he's just got a good knack um of just being in the right spot competing um his shot needs work that's going to be the big swing factor if he if he can learn to shoot man it's scary hours like man for, <laughs> for the league if he if that comes around like it's the comp maybe Kawhi leonard if everything goes at the absolute best but that's that's super unlikely it's, it's, you know, it's probably not realistic to expect that, but that's the type of ceiling we're genuinely talking about. Yeah, the the uh, um, the Kaminga talk here. I mean, the Warriors talk here for me is like like you know, hearing you talk about it, like, this is crazy because the Warriors are, are they're they have the benefit of the Lakers like being in SoCal. That's that's a huge benefit. A lot of players like to play in SoCal, but they're not they don't have the you know the prestige like the Lakers do. Um, you know, they don't have the, they don't have the Hollywood buzz. But the Golden State Warriors have drafted better, and have developed their players better, and um, uh, it looks like the Warriors are going to be, like you can tell me in ten years that the Lakers, you know, have been out of the playoffs for five years, but it sounds like the Warriors are going to be, you know, in the next ten years, um, uh, you know, continually in that playoff slash title hunt because Curry hasn't slowed down, and they have went and got um, uh, young pieces around him. While not having many years where they've been, they, they've had one year where they've been bad. So that's cra- that's crazy to me. Um, so as, as we go on here and we, we talk about you know Joe Ingles and uh, Mark, this is where you need to uh, tune out because uh, there's some trade rumors out there or people are talking about uh, Joe Ingles. Um, uh, uh, but go listen to two twos and threes with uh, Mark and Dukinski. Um, I, like I said earlier, I Joe to me has very little trade, you know, this is something the logo was like, you're not going to trade Joe Ingles and get someone better. And Joe, I, I don't know, it, it just feels like, and, you know, again, there's no sources, nothing, just feels like Joe is probably close to the end of his career in the NBA. Um, and I think a lot of, th- you know, whether I'm right or wrong, I think there's some teams out there who think that. So it just makes it hard to trade Joe Ingles because you trade him to a team that he doesn't want to play for. He might, he might just retire right there. He might not show up. Um, well, true. Um, I mean, I think that that you could probably count on him to finish out this year, though, and so you'd probably have to attach an asset and know, that's, to trade Joe Ingles. You know, yeah, and this is what, see, this is then the reason why I would bring up Jordan Clarkson and Bojan Bogdanovic with you guys is because. That's a harder conversation to have because they still like they they have a little bit in their tank. They bring you know Jordan brings them a, a certain energy. Yeah, if they re, um, they re up with with the other team that they go to. Yeah, uh, and, and Boyan significant you know, value incentive. Yeah, Boyan's got you know stuff. Joe is like the easy. Everybody's like, oh yeah, just trade Joe. Like it's it's you know you can't just trade. Like if you told me that you could trade Clarkson or Boyan straight up for somebody, I could believe that. Well, did you listen to Low Post today? I did not get listen to the local. He today. he floated uh, Joe and Jared Butler and you know potentially a pick, you know for different 
you know, higher quality assets than what we've been typically been discussing and getting for Joe Ingles. And I, and I was in this, and I was in a, I'm going to bring that because Adam Bushman had put out a bunch of things. And the one constant I saw that was, if you're going to trade Joe, you're not just losing Joe, you're losing Jared Butler, who's, um, uh, whose value also took a hit. Um, uh, you know, if you told me after, after the preseason, I was like, if you're going to trade Jared Butler, you better be getting a top 10 pick back um, uh, from the last, you know, few drafts. Like it had to be, in that in that area of you know a top because he looked like a top ten pick, and now all of a sudden like I'm like well he's probably back to, you might be able to get late round uh, late first round pick value for him, um, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you if it's going to raise or lower because um uh, you know just with this Jazz team this is then this is my big thing about Bain is that I just don't know if Quinn is going to play you know and and again we've talked about maybe it's the Jazz system being too complicated for these guys to. Um, to pick up and maybe, and maybe that's the problem with the rookies is that they can't pick it up fast enough and be insane. I mean, the, the reason the Jazz are doing really well because the guys that are, are are doing well have been there for one, you know, a few years, and number two have been around the NBA for a long time. Uh, the Jazz are an old team, so they, they are able to to do this stuff. So, um, yeah. So I'm um, uh, you know, and that's a lot to give up Joe Ingles, Jared Butler, and a pick. But I mean, who who did who did Low post some? Uh, who did Zach Lowe throw out there? Oh, do I? No, he didn't. He didn't. Oh, he didn't have him, any names. Okay. Him and uh, Jeff Van Gundy didn't actually come up with a specific player, but um, it just sounds like the thing. The hilarious thing to me is the fact that they keep circling back to it means either somebody in the Jazz organization is like, "Hey, keep talking about it," because you know, because that means we'll keep getting calls about it, or um, you know, they. Like Jeff, like Jeff specifically said today, everyone in the league knows what Utah's problem is. They can't defend the perimeter. They're weak on the wing. And if Jeff Van Gundy is laying it out that, that you know that you know point point line, then then uh, everyone in the league is discussing it. The Jazz are discussing it. I mean, they're they're probably not resting it until they figure out figure something out because they feel like you know. Their window is probably this year and next year, and the window really feels like it's this year. You got to do something, otherwise, this team might implode internally. And, and this is why and, I you have to ship someone. Then this is why I was bringing it up last year with Bojan because you know I kept saying you know I, I don't care about these middle minutes. I don't care about these Georgian. I care about these minutes when Bojan was in the at, at the end of the game because again you, your defenders out there are Mike, Donovan, Rudy. Those guys aren't coming off the floor. Then you had um, uh, Royce again. He, he's your best defender, so why would he come out the? Uh, you know, taking him out to yeah. put somebody else in it doesn't make any sense. And so right. for me, Boyan was that spot that like, all right, cool. This is where the Jazz. You know, his offense is great. His and and um, uh, you know even uh, so the episode before JV, J, JVG, he was talking about the Jazz like you know they really like Boyan's offense and he brings so and you know and nobody's ever well not nobody but this has been brought up before that you know like. He brings so much offensively that it might counteract what he lacks defensively, and that's fair. So you should you should have told you should have told uh, Melissa to tune out before that. Oh, here she Well, well, no, it's just uh, the, these Future are the, misses the, 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 And here's the thing: I'm not even saying I'm not even saying Trey I'm saying this. These are the reasons why I would bring up Boyan in those conversations because. Um, I see that lineup out there, and I'm, uh, again, you're just not pulling out Mike. Royce, Rudy, and uh, Donovan. So, Boyan was a spot like you know, and we saw it last year. Like Joe Ingles, when 
uh, he was playing really well, was coming in and closing some games out because his defense was really good last year. So, um, but last year um, uh, near the end of the season, it just wasn't, and and we saw that. You know, when when Mike was out, um, I mean that, that twenty five point point lead evaporated because the only one out there defending the perimeter was Royce O'Neal. So, um, could that be Rudy? I mean, maybe maybe the Jazz already have it. Maybe the Jazz are like. Rudy Gay, like if, if if we have a twenty five point lead and it's evaporating again, we throw Rudy and Royce out there and then hope that works out. Maybe it is. Um, you know the reason the trades are coming up now. I'm gonna go go to Adam Bushman's um, uh, at Jabber Jazz. Is, is he still at Jabber Jazz? No, yeah, I can't remember what his uh, Twitter handle is, but I'll look it up. Yeah, it just feels like if it, it feels like Rudy and Royce is not enough. You need one more guy that you can be like, I can trust this guy defensively. Yeah, because Mike. Mike is just doesn't have the size. I mean, he's a good defender. He knows where to be. He's not really all that slow unless you're talking like when he has a hamstring flare up. He's, you know, he, for his age, he's still a really good defender. He's very solid. Um, but he doesn't have the bulk of a Chris Paul. Um, and, and, and he doesn't punch, punch guys in the nuts like Chris Paul. So it's harder for him to d- defend bigger guys. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I mean, I, again, so we, we've talked about it, and we, we're not going to go. We, we've talked about ad nauseum, really. Um, number one, first is at, at, at Adam underscore Bushman. He's had a couple. And, and again, the, again, this is going to cost you Jared Butler and, and or a draft pick. And so I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's kind of crazy. But And there's, there's not a lot of 3D guys out there. You're, you're not going to get Jeremy Grant with Joe Ingles. I mean, just it's just not possible. Um, I mean, is, it, is, is Joe Ingles a pick and Jared Butler enough for Jeremy Grant? I don't know. And is Jeremy Grant the right right call? And I, I would love to be one of these people who are like, yeah, I'm a, you know, I, I want to win with Joe Ingles. I want, I want to win with Boyan. I want to win with the team that they have. Um, but you know, I have a lot of PTSD of watching teams, jazz teams, get right to the cusp and and failing. You know, and um, it's yeah. not it's not that I'm not enjoying the ride. You know, the jazz team has been fun. Um, I don't know. Actually, I, the, the I mean, last I don't couple think weeks we, have been have been. Oh. We wouldn't be jazz fans if we weren't enjoying the ride, right? I mean, because otherwise we would just be hating our lives and, and say like, yeah. "This team's never going to win a title." Fuck this team. Like, like I'm a, <laughs> you know, we're not the Warriors. We're not. We're, we're not going to, you know, all of a sudden, you know, just, you know, we. we hey, the Warriors weren't the Warriors until Joey Light years. So. Uh, well, yeah, and, and I mean, and then they got you know, then they got KD on uh, on that crazy like one year contract thing that happened. Yeah, I um, mean, all we need to do is find a Steph Curry they, type. They, they ruined. The, the, I mean, I mean, the Jazz have Donovan and Rudy. I mean, one of those guys could ascend to that level, or I mean, maybe the just the two of them together um, uh, can equal one Steph Curry. Um, it's just all these other pieces, and it, it just sucks because like when you're the Jazz, when you're in, uh, no, when, sorry, sorry, when you're a, a, a team in the NBA that's not like the Lakers. Or one of these three or four other teams that just have advantages that these other teams don't have, you you really can only get one championship, and and that's kind of it. Um, and this is where I'm like jealous of like college football fans. Like, um, uh, you know, you're you're a Ute fan. I'm a, a running Ute fan. No, no, not running. You're a because Utah you, Ute fan. because you got bowl games, which mean nothing, but yeah, like uh, like still like, feel like something. College football fans. <laughs> The college football landscape, unfortunately, is a problem right now, though, because everybody's obsessed with playoff expansion, and so the bowl games feel like they don't mean as much, and everybody, all the players, uh, now but, people. But it are, doesn't matter. You, you are going to be football, New Year's Day. If the Utes win the Rose Bowl, you are going to be ecstatic. 
You were going to no, love no, that. No, no, of course I am. Yeah, exactly. Of course I am. I'm not one of these people that's obsessed with the expansion. I'm not one of those. No, no, I, that's, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm a, they're, they're, they don't have a problem. They don't. They, they have it right. They, they have, they, they're keeping, like, 35% of their um, uh, fan base happy because, you know, the U fans are going to be so happy. Ohio State fans, they don't, they don't care, but who cares? The Utah State fans are, or, yeah, sorry, Dude, the, the U, I'm, the I'm already fans. ecstatic. We won the Pac-12 championship. Right. I mean, if yeah. we win the Rose Bowl, that's gravy. Yeah, like I mean, um, uh, BYU beat Utah this year. Their their fans should be very happy about the year they had. Utah State. I think most of them are. I yeah. think most of them are. Utah State. Except um, for the ones that are miserable, still trying to troll Utah fans because because they're mad that we we got the New Year's Six Bowl and they didn't. Utah State. I'm fans, sorry. You have a conference tie-in. Utah State guys. fans um uh, could have lost their they could have lost their bowl game. They could have lost the last game of the season very badly, but it didn't matter because they were able to hit their Mountain West goal. They they won Honestly, the championship. That was, that was awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy for Utah State because and they haven't had. Have they ever won a conference championship before? They, they have. Oop. They they won it. They won. They won. They won the WAC. They won. Um, uh, oh, the WAC. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and and probably left it right after that. Um, they they, uh, they also won the LA Bowl. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. So for them. The, so that's that's what I'm saying. Like, they, but they they could have lost that bowl and it wouldn't have mattered. It would not have mattered. Yeah, because they, they already they, succeeded. They had, they had, won yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I get why the NBA is trying to. Put these uh, tournaments in because they want to do this. Yeah, yeah, do the same thing. You feel but, like you're playing for something. Yeah, I, I think it's got too far gone. Like this is the, the where the rings culture is not great because um and, and Dra- you know Dragon Scotch talked about he, he's part of rings culture and it sucks because if you're not it's so you're, annoying because then the, the other thir- 29 teams are tech- supposedly failures because rings. But it is. Like, I mean, it, it feels like that. Like the Jazz, the Jazz had a really great year. They won the regular season, had an amazing year. And then they had a disappointing um, uh, playoff run, and it feels awful. And that Jazz team, you know, it just feels unfulfilled. Like, Jazz fans should, you know, there should be something for for regular season. Or so it could have been like, so you're, so you're advocating for something like a supporter shield because we had the best regular season record in, in all of basketball. Oh, Are you I'm, familiar with the with – I'm, I'm not advocating for anything. The, I think, um, uh, I think um, uh, there's no way that you can uh, make an NBA fan care about anything besides a championship. Um, that's probably true because yeah. I think that's kind of built in, baked into the product. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what college football did to get. I'm not a college football fan, but I, I see people. I'm like, okay, that's cool, and I'm halfway trolling, but I also feel like like, oh, this is cool. Everybody's going for a participation trophy while four teams are going for a championship, and um, that's and that's great. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to take it. You know, if hey, if the youth, I, I'm cheering for the youth to win the Rose Bowl because it helps me professionally. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, it works you know. for the local sports uh, sports TV, one of the sports TV stations. Uh, yeah. Daniel, just because you don't know. <laughs> yeah, and so but, I mean, I mean, a lot of people don't know that. I mean, I don't, I don't go out there and announce it because um, I don't, I don't get fired. Well, Daniel anymore. might. That's what <laughs> I don't get fired. Um, anyway, but um, uh, I, 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 I think it's great. Like again, I'm a Utah State. I went to Utah State, and it, it felt great for them to win that. And but deep down, I know it doesn't. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter. Um, but yet, you know, they're you know the Utah State fans are going to think this is such a great year. BYU fans, you know, once they, you know, they lost the Independence Bowl, but who cares? They beat Utah this year, and the Utes have a have a really good chance of winning the Rose Bowl. And um, you know, it's, it's it's really crazy to 
that. And even if they lose the Rose Bowl, they won the Pac-12 championship. They, they might just say... I know, but you've got some miserable Utah fans that are just pissed that we started off slow because we could have been in the playoff. Could have. Like, yeah, yeah, we could have been. We probably would have gotten crushed. But, but that, and that's the thing is that like I'm a, somehow college football has tricked everybody, uh, you know, has tricked everybody into thinking that it's okay not to win a championship. And good for college football because... Honestly, you know. I, I think that that's in general, that's a good thing because championship, saying that you're the best of the best of the best in, in like the world, that's not a reasonable goal for most people. Um, but like, I, see, see, I feel like that NBA the is best like the guy only... at your company, the best guy at this, maybe that's a more achievable right. goal, but like the best in the world at something is like an incredibly difficult goal. I don't like it's it. like telling everybody that they should be Olympic athletes, and if and if you don't win a gold medal or, or if you don't medal, then you're a complete failure. Period. I just feel like, like so, I'm a, in the NFL, it feels like everybody has a chance at the you know, from game whenever you never I mean, know. That's someone that's can, the great you know, thing right. about the NFL because you can draft well for like a year or two and you and, and the then rebuild you're back. In baseball, even if you're not contending that year, you might have a great farm system. So you're like, okay, you have hope in two or three years. As an NBA fan, if your team is, if you're the Portland Trailblazers, if you're a Portland fan of the Portland Trailblazers, I just, I don't know what to do for you. Like, you might be like, we have a, we have a top yeah, ten you're, player. Yeah, you're going to be in hell for a decade. Yeah, and I, but we can't, yeah, we can't go, fun. we can't do anything. And like, it just sucks as an, you know, as a Jazz fan. After this year, if the Jazz don't win at all, it's a lot of hard decisions and you know, a lot of hard feelings and. You know, uh, uh, you know, four or five years from now, um, uh, you know, it might be really bad for the Jazz fans. Like, they might just be good, but not good enough. Uh, Daniel doesn't have to worry because he has championships in his back pocket. Um, Daniel, like, are, are there any Australian sports that are like that where, like, you know, you feel like um, your team um, doesn't have a shot, um, a, a fair shot of winning a championship every year? Probably not the mainstream ones. I guess just with the footy and stuff, it's it's pretty even. So they're similar to the NBA. It's kind of like a, I guess, a draft type of concept. There is a salary cap and all that. Um, but the turnover of teams at the top is pretty quick. Um, so even if you're the worst team in the league, you've still got a fair bit of hope in a year or two. Um, you can turn it around and be back at the top. So um, I'd say it's yeah, it's probably not as bad, not as grim as the NBA. Probably more so <laughs> similar to the NFL. The NBA, do you, the do NBA you guys have a, a, a team like Orlando that's been rebuilding forever and has just always been at the bottom? Like yes, we <laughs> there are always yeah. There's still those teams that are still just uh, <laughs> they just seem to be so bad for every year for so long. But do they uh, do they have hope? Is there. Are, are they just drafting um, badly, or, or or I don't know, like it's not draft, or like they're, they're just badly. they're like like the people they, they bring in just all of a sudden aren't very good or something? Yeah, it's it's pretty much that whoever they draft just doesn't turn out to be very good, yeah. and then um, it's just they do that year and year and year. Um, <laughs> but some in saying that, a lot of teams have done that, and then all of a sudden they flip the switch, and then they're winning they're winning championships pretty quickly. So um, some teams are still at the bottom of the ladder pretty notoriously. Um, but it, there's still always hope there. Uh, um, do, do you call it footy? Is that what you say, footy? Yeah, that's Australian <laughs> football. Uh, footy. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm learning Australian right now, so I just, I was just I'm making sure to call, it, to call it footy when I when I go down under. Um, uh, Dragon Squatch wanted me to ask you how to say Merry Christmas in Australian. Is is, is there any? Um, uh, any... <laughs> is it happy, just they say Happy Christmas. No, no, it's, it's, no, you don't say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas is usually uh, just it. Yeah, yeah. that's the bread. Say Happy Christmas. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I, I, I don't want to get into like 
Shaq interviewing Joe Ingles territory because uh, that's embarrassing. So. <laughs> Um, tell me, um, uh, as, as we, as we round out here, I'm um, uh, tell me how was it? Cause, uh, wasn't this Australia's first medal in the Olympics uh, for basketball? Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's been a kind of like, I guess, an illustrious sort of goal for the country for a long, long time dating back, you know, 40, 50 years, you know, getting to the Olympics, getting past the group stages, et cetera, et cetera. And to be quite frank, probably the last two to three Olympics, we've had a team that's been good enough to get a medal, but they kept on falling short. Sometimes they play America in like the final, you know, eight or something and just get knocked out. Um, and then, you know, this year, of course, they it, they finally came through. Um, of course, you know, Ben Simmons, obviously he didn't play. That was a bit of a blow, but they still went there anyway. And yeah, to get the medal, it was, um, it was, a, big, it was a big thing. If it if it if it doesn't include a rookie of the year award, Ben Simmons is not going to play for it. So, um. <laughs> maybe maybe they should chuck that in. Yeah, there. they should have like, hey, we'll give you the rookie of the Olympics award. Um, so uh, yeah, because that, that you know Luca had said this, they had interviewed him, and I, I want to say Joe Ingles even said it too. But a lot of these international players talk about how meddling in the Olympics is something um, uh, they'd rather do than win an NBA championship. And I, I think some people, uh, some of these international players get flack for it, but it's because, you know, growing up um, uh, in Australia or whatever, um, they, you know, Joe Eagles probably didn't grow up thinking he's going to play in the NBA someday. It's but called, It's called, called beating the Yanks, man. You yeah. want to beat the Americans. And, and, but um, he did grow up watching the Olympics and going, oh, well, I can probably be on the Olympic team, you know, because uh, the NBA wasn't super international, um, uh, you know, before the 2000s. Yeah, so that's sort of just been often the, I guess, the common goal, and that's sort of largely what they play for is, and you can especially see in, um, you know, Paddy Mills. He's so, I guess, so proud of the country and you know what he represents. So, yeah, you could really see like how much it actually meant to them. You know, even though they got the bronze, um, obviously not silver or even gold, but still, you know, that medal was just such a massive, massive like milestone, and I think they can potentially hope hopefully they can make the gold medal match next time yeah. um it's going to be a bit of a turnover because and that's also why it's so emotional because guys like ingles mills is sort of arguably their last olympics as well um so but you got josh yeah, giddy, like, man yeah josh giddy, we've got giddy yeah we've got we've got josh giddy no dude through. there's another bloke in the draft um <laughs> Josh, Dyson, no 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 no, no. dante exum is who you have coming so um uh, i don't know if you heard about him well, let me tell you about Dante Exum <laughs> oh and God. the island he's on. <laughs> we we love him over here, man. I mean, as, as, some of us. I'm not. I'm not sure about who, but I love him still. Um, I, I do see that a lot. Um, but now we're fans of Dante over here. I actually wish um, Kyrie Irving's actually technically um, he oh, could yeah. technically played for us as well, um, which would have just been absolutely incredible. I personally think if we had Kyrie and Ben Simmons. And Giddy, man, I, I think we could that would really be an amazing team. I, like, I actually think we could just about where we would, clearly wouldn't be as talented as America. Um, but I guess there comes a point where you don't necessarily have to be as talented because we've got those role players and those, yeah. those defenders. I think, yeah, you know, like a team, man. we don't play like a team. <laughs> Is it? And then we just got Kyrie Irving just to close it. Like he's, he's yeah. just yeah, I know. But that's more hypothetical. <laughs> I, w- I wonder if um uh, like how, how does how do you think Kyrie gets to Australia, 
Um, uh, like, is, is there a flat earth boat that he just, you know, just so- sails through to Australia? I actually don't know. Um, <laughs> I just I just find it cool that the city that has the most number one um, NBA draft picks is actually Melbourne in Australia. So that, 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 um, that's, uh, so Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving is there? Oh, is nobody missing? Okay. Oh, that, that, that it? Yeah. So, oh, I mean that, that that's cool. Uh, so so give me your like your personal, um, uh, you know, it's probably Patty Mills, but tell tell me your top five player NBA players from Australia. Paddy Mills, um, oh geez, Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines is up Aaron there. Aaron Baines. Oh, I love yeah. that guy. Oh, yeah. Aaron Baines, the physical, the physical tone setter. Um, absolutely. Oh, mate, that guy, he just he sets the tone. He just, he just knows Do you think he'll be that. back? Because he, like that last nah. time, that was, that was. Oh, man, that, that just sucked for the big guy, man. Yeah. Oh, slipping, slipping over in the showers and busting his nerve in his neck or something so i don't know man he's out for at least a year um so hopefully hopefully he's uh back um but yeah those two um i like ingles exum and probably josh giddy's up there right now oh, yeah i kind of like them all for different reasons um if simmons had have played he, he kind of would be up there um but it's yeah, I guess those guys are all pretty good. Um, that, that's a good list. I, yeah. think, I think Jazz fans would be very happy with your list. So, um, uh, sorry, sorry, Luke Longley, sorry, Andrew Bogut, you didn't make the list. Um, yeah, Aaron Baines was a was a, <laughs> another favorite target with the Jazz uh, Jazz fans there. Um, Jared, you got any more questions for Daniel here? Uh, well, I just Sam Farnsworth was uh, was tagging Bra- Zach Braff, so I I had to tag you on Twitter, so. Because uh, obviously you know him, you know he tweeted at you. <laughs> He's gonna parlay this this tweet into sex, yeah. uh, <laughs> or this photo. Sorry. Still, still, <laughs> I mean, the, I mean now the tweet. Like I mean, I, I framed that tweet and I carry it around with me. Like, and I, I show it to girls at bars. I'm like, hey, look at this. So you want to come home? Um, <laughs> Legend. Yeah. Legendary but, man. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, I, I, I you know, it, it's funny because if the if the the Warriors were like a New York team, you'd be able to watch them at like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. But yeah, midnight to 2 a.m. That that takes some de- dedication. Uh, you just got to DVR it and watch it the, the next morning. Apparently. Well, hey, the great the great thing is all all the games usually come on in the morning for him, like 10 o'clock, o'clock, 11. Tape delay. It's 5 p.m. over there for him right now. Well, six probably six right now. No, well, he's, he, he said earlier that the the Warriors games come on around come on around midnight. He said. No, he said like at noon, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, like twelve to two, like as in like yeah, afternoon. Oh, afternoon. Okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you you completely misread that situation. Yeah. I, even then, I mean, it, I don't. I guess that's a little bit better. I mean, I'm. Uh, uh, I mean, it's in the middle well, of the work t- day. <laughs> it's tough if you have if you have like a if you have a schedule like yours, who it's it's easier for him to watch games if like he if he has a a gig where he's working at night, that's you know it's gravy. Yeah, you can yeah, I mean, watch a game in the afternoon and go to work. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. So now. You know. We're. We're really hoping to get the the Australian audience, um, uh, with your appearance here. Um. Uh, so what we do here is um. Uh, we we call it Marnay's um. Uh, produce uh, section, and I would take some minute. I would take a minute to explain it to you, but I think it's funnier not to explain it to you. But um. Uh, do you have any? Sh- what do you want to shout out? Um. Uh, on Twitter. Um. Uh, that you're like, hey, you know what? You know, they should come listen to this pod. Um. Uh, put them in the produce section, Daniel. Shout out. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> so I just missed it. Like you're talking about, like shouting something out. Yeah. Sh- you know, sh- oh sh- yeah, sh- like sh- your, your friends. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Oh, man. Um, yeah, look, a uh, big shout out to, uh, I'd say, Kosh underscore Corn, um, another Australian out there, uh, jazz fan. So get around him. And uh, also my boy, my guy, Coach Ricky G at J. Richard Goodman. Um, don't know if you've seen him. Uh, just a wise guy, man. Um, Richard Goodman. been around. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, OG's been around like 53 years or 53 seasons. He's seen it all. Um, probably one of the most realist guys I've seen out there, boys. Like, there's no, there's no bias in that dude. He's just, he's just straight into it. So, <laughs> say those. Yeah, that's it. We're, 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 we're becoming a strictly Australian-only guest pod. Uh, number one, because you know, you guys are um, uh, so far, um, uh, so far in the future that. You're able to come on with us at at our weird recording schedules. Um, so it works out really well for us. Um, uh, Jay Bark, I'm a produce section man. Um, well, I mean, I guess we'll have to go back to shouting out uh, the te- Texas underscore AU. I mean, he's really he really is the man. Uh, great jazz follow. And Australian Twitter before there Australian jazz Twitter before there was such a thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple other uh, folks, but I, I really cannot, uh, you know, I really can't remember any of their handles. Yeah. Um, um, uh, again, uh, Voltron, again, uh, at um, underscore Falk, F-A-L-K, or The Great. Um, uh, he's a Miami Heat fan. He's from Australia. Um, uh, we talk sometimes, um, uh, so, you know, let's, let's keep the Australian thing going. Um, at Punk003, because we talked about Bogdanovich, uh, or Bogdanovich. Uh, at um, uh, Adam underscore Bushman because uh, you know he has some, he has some really oh, good yeah, trade for ideas. Sure. Yeah, for the trades. Yeah, uh, yeah, he always has some really like. I mean, again, like they're not they're not mind blowing, but I'm like these do make sense. I mean, it's one of these trades that I think like it's funny because like somebody. Uh, what he, I like about Adam's uh, trades is they're always reasonable. Right. Like exactly. Because uh, like, so, like somebody he put out one of those trade offers and then he's like, well, what do you think about like this for Marcus Smart? I'm like, guys, I mean. Again, you're not going to get Marcus Smart for what the package was, and so um, yeah, it's just one of those funny things. And so yeah, um, yeah. And then, Do you know uh, if he's still on a Jabber Jazz recording hiatus? Or I have not seen a new Jabber Jazz. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I follow it, so I would know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and again, this is Joku. I'm a Daniel Joku. I'm a, at B three uh, Water My Friend. That's B Water My Friend with the three as E. And it looks like he. It looks like you have an NFT as your as your profile picture. Or is that just? Yes, picture? I do. I oh, do. there we go. I oh. just jumped in that. <laughs> you know, here's some here's some crypto. Apparently, uh, with the Spider-Man ticket that I bought to uh, to Spider-Man No Way Home, they gave me an NFT, and I, uh, my brother checked e- eBay, and uh, you know, um, uh, apparently they're selling for a lot. So who knows? Maybe I'll be five hundred dollars richer. Um, uh, by next. You're gonna be an NFT year. millionaire. Bro. I know <laughs> NFT millionaire. Um, uh, let me talk about NFTs. This, uh... <laughs> <laughs> did you um uh, did you ever um uh, uh have you guys watched the new South Park um uh, COVID special? They do they do an NFT bit. That's why I brought it up. So. Wait, which COVID special are you talking about? There's two. So the second part they do an NFT. Oh, the NFT, South Park yeah, one, the South one that's Park, like yeah. 30 years in the future. Yes. I don't think I have Peacock, so I haven't watched the whole thing. I watched some clips on YouTube. Oh, you should watch it on um, Paramount Plus, actually. So. Um, let's, oh, oh, it's Paramount Plus. Let's, let's, I know exactly. We have 8,000 streaming services. Um, uh, the yeah. CBS one. Um, all right, go ahead. Uh, all right, folks. Well, um, again, thanks, hey, Daniel. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you're able to join us. Um, uh, you know, hey, you know, go, go Jazz uh, on New Year's Day. <laughs> That's it, boys. So uh, it's good, good to be on here. Uh, thanks for the invite, 
And, um, yeah, enjoy the game. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I think yeah. you guys are coming off. I think it'll be your third game in four days. But then again, Mitchell hasn't played for a few games. I think you're resting Conley tomorrow. So, yeah. And then we've got COVID protocol. So yeah, the jazz, the jazz are, I w- I'm going to say lucky that they haven't had anybody. You know, I know that the, the team's fully vaxxed, but it hasn't seemed to matter. Um, uh, so, um, and I'm not saying that vaccinations don't matter. That's don't take that for where it was, Mark. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Mark's the biggest conspiracy theorist I know. Which Mark am I talking about? Who knows? Um, but um, uh, the well, jazz. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to retweet, um, you know, Joku's account again because yes. my my guy. I mean, my guy. We had a lot of mutual followers, and then you lost a bunch of them from your old account. So yeah, he um, uh, he he probably should. Yeah. Have, you know, he probably threatened violence against somebody, or um, uh, said something bad, about, or or um, uh, you know, if he said something bad about the Jazz, I probably reported him. So you know, <laughs> well, his account wasn't suspended, so oh, okay, so gotcha, it must not gotcha. have been too bad. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't get uh, what we're gonna call AJ AJ Busied, uh, yeah, Busied, bust, um, uh, busted, the bus, but um, uh, oh, poor AJ, poor yeah. AJ. Oh yeah, AJ, yeah, we should have AJ on to talk about the Lakers. I shout about like every how, week. How are the Lakers doing? Um, <laughs> but um, uh, believe me, I let him know every yeah. day. So um, <laughs> yeah, the jazz. Um, uh, and uh, well, as we end on a somber note here, like I mean, that the COVID stuff's happening. It's, it's gonna happen. And oh, oh, hey, um, shout out to to Dragon Squatch for not coming on uh, what, because what a jerk. Because he asked DJ Punnypaws how to spell Pukyak, and every time he asks how to spell Pukyak, she's terrified. Because I would be too. Because why does he want to say Pukyak? Is he? Did are he you, watch an episode of The Sopranos and he's like, "Are you trying hey, to say? You know, are you trying to say Bukaki? No, Bukaki. Yeah. Is that how you? Is that how you say that? Because yeah, I always, I always thought that was how you spelled Bukak from. Uh, oh. Haven't you ever seen Sopranos? No. Nope. The episode where he's like, "This is what you call a." I'm trying to remember. It was in some. Never mind. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Dragon Squatch when he gives on. We'll, we'll talk about Bukaki. I'll, I'll look for the clip of that scene. It's the one with is, what is, is his name like Michael uh, B. Jordan. Huh? B. Jordan. <laughs> no, um, I'll I'll find the scene. And I'll, I'll send it to you. It's uh it's the one from The Sopranos where where they're filming the movie and. Uh, so yeah. uh, next week, I'm uh, if you know because you know the episode is going to be like. What jazz player or what um, uh, what former jazz players are coming back to play for the Jazz on ten day contracts? Because you know everybody's gonna be in protocol, so it's coming, folks. COVID is coming. So which, which former which jazz player we want to troll? Uh, who's coming back? Is Carlos Arroyo gonna make a make an appearance for the Jazz? Let's see. Um, anyway, folks, I'm uh, for uh, go. This is forty nine. I am uh, at Jazz High Notes. Uh, for um, uh, uh, Daniel here from uh, Australia. Uh, thanks for listening. I right, that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Honestly, I feel like I needed more jokes per minute. I should have, I should have written, written more jokes. I'm sorry. Because you're right, Logan really does bring the jokes. Logan, Logan just some, uh, uh, Logan just some, uh, he's naturally funny. So, Daniel, um, uh, how's um, uh, how, what do you got going for New Year's Eve, man? My boys uh, probably go down to the beach and stuff, I reckon. 
the beach on New Year's Day. Oh my God, that's so great. <laughs> um, actually, it's 38 degrees here, but that's Celsius. I'm looking up 38. That's probably what, like 80? It is in Fahrenheit 100. Oh, jeez. I, I way undershot that. Wait, you didn't you didn't realize that the 30s were? <laughs> the 30s are hot, cool. Like, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm familiar with Celsius. When it, get, when it goes negative, I, I get all screwed up, though, because I went to American, somebody said, I went to American somebody said school, negative man. 33 in Canada. My friend was in Canada visiting his girlfriend, and it was like negative 30, and I didn't realize it was only negative 22 in Fahrenheit because the 30s are 100 degrees Celsius. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, 100 degrees Fahrenheit, I should say. That's, um, uh, that's uh, I'll tell you right now. I'm, I went to American Public School. I'm, uh, the metric system is not my forte. So, um, well, it's not even technically the metric system, man. Oh, really? Oh, well, then, you know, America. I'm gonna, I mean, that makes sense. I'm gonna let Daniel go because I'm uh, it's New Year's Eve for him, man. Like, go party, go go get go um uh, go get wasted, you know. Do do what Australians do. Go fight spiders, I assume. Like you guys have big ass spiders and stuff, so. Spiders and mackies or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fight spiders. That's freaking incredible. Uh